to episode 345 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here, and this week, Jason has made his way back for the first time in seven months. That's what I just looked up, see how long it was. Wow, didn't even seem like it's been that long. Yeah. But thank you for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in full transparency, we've talked about this in recent weeks, about an episode we were going to do here in the next yeah. month or two, maybe. Right. And then, of course, as you see on the title of this episode, whenever... Taylor Hawkins ended up passing away. You threw the idea out there. You're like, hey, if you want to do a tribute, I'd be happy to come back on. And I thought that's perfect because I think stuff like this is better, you know, with two people. And then right. you get more ideas. And then plus you're a musician. So I feel like you could speak on some of this stuff a little better than I can. So, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm honored to be back and uh, sucks that we have to be back for something like this. But yeah, you know, let's let's break it down and. Uh, you know, let's let's process it. All right. Since this is a tribute episode, I'm going to forego the sponsors. I think they would understand. Right. I'm just going to mention Sunset Tattoo here in Tulsa, Med Farm and Broken Arrow, and DEB Concerts. Just had a couple sold-out shows at the BOK with Snoop Dogg and Ice Cube, and you happened to catch one of those. We were at the Thursday night show. It yeah. was great. Yeah, which is... Cool to hear you say that, because I know you've never been that big of a rap fan. I know you respect guys like Snoop and Ice Cube and Warren G, but you don't really listen to it. Of course. Yeah, it was yeah. different for me. I I thought Ice Cube was absolutely fucking badass. Yeah, you know, we can go into that later. Yeah, absolutely. Look up all three of those sponsors. Their tags are right there in the description wherever you're listening to this. There you go. Unfortunately, most people know by now that Taylor Hawkins passed away this past week. I believe it was Friday, right? Right. It was literally, wasn't it the day before they were supposed to perform at a festival in Bogota? Or the day before. Or I think it was of? the day of. Because okay. that night that they were supposed to play, like they, they had candles on the stage and it was a Lollapalooza. So Perry Farrell. Oh, right. I, I think. I don't know. Because I, I know the, the last show we played was a Lollapalooza, but it right. was a different one, right? Like Chile maybe, or something? Yeah, maybe or? it was. I, I, you know, the, the timelines are so weird for me. I've read so much different shit. I can't keep yeah. it straight. Right. I was going to say, yeah, I saw the clip of, I think it was just a fan shot video from the show that night. Mm-hmm. The day they were supposed to play, there was a, like a, the giant screen across the stage. Did you see that? It right. said Taylor Hawkins yeah. and then, what was the word? Poor CMP, or I don't. I think it means always and forever. I looked it up, or something right, like right. that. And that just they just had that flashing while my hero was playing, which I thought was pretty cool. But so his final show was, I guess, early last week, and there was a full-on pro shot performance, which is a another. I mean, cool aspect because a lot of guys you don't get that from their final performance, mm-hmm. right? So I guess there's a silver lining there, but. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, if I can just go into it. Yeah. Well, you know. I didn't um, really have a starting point in mind. Right. (laughs) Well, just because you mentioned that last performance, I've got something that that Friday night, Melissa and I were moving, doing all kinds of stuff, busy as hell. And we, you know, I think, I think we finally, because the news hit kind of late Friday night, right? Yeah. Yeah. We finally sat down on our couch, like 10 o'clock, 1030, something like that. We put something on TV and we're just kind of scrolling through our phones. Just the thing you do, decompressing from the day, whatever. And she, you know, she said, what the fuck? And she showed me an Eddie trunk. That's the first thing I, that's the first person I saw share it. 
Eddie Trunk had shared Foo Fighters post, and I read it, and I'm like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? You know, holy shit. And so, so you just keep, you keep scrolling, and you keep looking it up, and of course, it's... You're like, is this real? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, what's going on? Holy crap. Whatever. You know, that you do when that happens. So, I mean, immediately... I can't remember what we were watching. Oh, yeah, we decided to put on a the Jim Gaffigan special stand-up comedy. Like, yeah. let's just watch... We've, we've had a long day. Let's just watch something funny. And we're like, man, it just makes you want to listen to Foo Fighters now, doesn't it? Like, yep. And so... It was just the first thing, the first thing I put in was Cold Day in the Sun from One by One. From, uh, God, we just, what's the DVD? Oh, the Skin and Bones. Skin and Bones. Skin and Bones. I'm sorry. That's the first thing I put on. And, you know, it's just crazy. Like, uh, we've all had, we've all had like real loss, you know, in our lives. Like, we've lost somebody that's close to us. And, you know, we know how that feels. But it's just crazy when, you know, these guys that you don't know, they're like celebrities, they're dudes in bands, you know, like Dimebag Daryl. I remember like, you know, visibly getting choked up. Yeah. Even though it's like, I don't know this person, but their music's been such a part of my life that you, and that was the same way with Taylor Hawkins. And so, you know, we just started just putting in every fucking Foo Fighters song and video you could think of. And we ended the night with that last I kept looking shit up on YouTube, and you just go through it. And I'm like, "Wow, this this Lollapalooza thing is the this is the last this is his last performance, and it's a pro shot." Yeah, I can't. What was it Argent? What'd you say, Chile or Argentina? I think Chile, but don't quote me on that. So, I mean, we we fired that right up, and that was what we and we were up to like one in the morning. You know, like went through the whole thing. Yeah, it went. Yeah. It, it, we were like, this is immediately a Foo Fighters fest now. Yeah, you know, and so that's kind of how we, you know, we because that for me, and you know, I'll just put all this into what I'm going to say, and you know, whatever. But for me, you know, I, I've always loved Foo Fighters. Um, I've kind of been back and forth on them here and there, but um, the last probably ten years or so, uh, once eight ten years, Sonic Highways came out. I really loved that record. Um, I really love that that HBO series. You know, it's one band that my girlfriend and I are like common. We each have shit we like different, you know, separately. But that's one band that we really love, that we really have in common. So it's just that band. Foo Fighters is something I've really gotten into again, over again, the last probably five six years. So it's it was it was one of those things where you, you you get choked up, you know. Yeah. That that was that was how we kind of found out about it. That's how I went through it and dealt with it. Right. Opened up my phone, which I hadn't looked at it in a bit. Well you were working, right? Yeah. Well no, yeah. I wasn't Friday night. That was okay. Saturday. Okay. But I opened up my phone and looked at it and first thing I saw was the message from you and then right. under that was <laughs> there was yeah. two other people and then there was two text messages. So right. like all at once there was five messages. Yeah. Because and I mean that's something else I wanted to mention that I don't think, I mean, every, this is a guy that I think even average fans know who he is, even if they didn't know his name. Oh, uh, absolutely. The drummer of the Foo Fighters, you know, it's like mm-hmm. everybody knows Dave Grohl. Cause I personally, right. I, I'm, I personally believe Dave Grohl was probably the biggest rock star in the world that is not 
from you know like the classic rock era. Yes, anything yes. past like the nineties. I think I, he's the biggest rock star. I, I would I would agree with you okay. on that. Yeah, and then so I think that helps elevate the rest of his band, obviously, to be mm-hmm. recognizable. And Taylor Hawkins did that in his own right. So I think, uh, you know, I think there's probably a lot of people out there that didn't even realize how big this guy is until this happened. Mm-hmm. And trying to think where I was going with that. And well, like I said, when I got all those messages from people, it's the same thing you'd get if like, if Ozzy was to die, well, that'd probably be a little bit bigger, but like when, you know, Eddie Van Halen or Lemmy or any of these guys die, you look at your phone and all of a sudden you got messages from everybody, you know, that that listens to rock music, just like you. And I've kind of felt it didn't hit me at first because I was like driving. And like you mentioned, I think in my life, I've had that feeling, you know, like kind of that gut punch. Yeah. Like you said, for Dimebag, Peter Steele, and Jane yeah. Lane. Yeah. Those, those were the, and then Chris Cornell. These yeah. are the ones that just like affected me to the point that like, I felt like you yep. lost someone you knew. Exactly. And exactly. This one didn't hit me that way at first, but it was the next, next mo- morning. Then I was like driving to Durant, like early. Right. So I just listened to Foo Fighters the majority of that right. two and a half hour drive. Yeah. And then it kind of hit me a little more. Yeah. You know, that feeling oh, exactly. of like shit, you know? Oh, well, you know, and, and see, that's the thing is like, of course, you know, I, I totally agree with what you're saying about Dave Grohl being the guy, but the number two, the, the one right under him, or the one that was parallel with him was Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. He would sing Queen songs. Um, He, he was just, they had the same kind of personality. Yeah. Yeah, he was the perfect guy to join that band when he yep, did. Exactly. And that's why... It's still there 25 years later. Right, right. Well, I mean, that band's been pretty solid since way back then anyway. Yes. Which is another and, and, impressive thing, but still. Uh, you know, I had that I had that gut punch feeling right away. Because I, I, I like, you know, these big bands. I like when, um, I like somebody else kind of having a moment. Yeah. Um, and I like when, I like when bands switch it up. You know, and lately Taylor was coming out and singing a Queen song while Dave played drums. And I like that kind of shit. I like when bands do that. Yeah. His energy has always been so prominent. And just shit like, um, just shit like MTV Cribs when, you know, all these, uh, all these rappers and all these athletes and, you know, have all this fancy shit. And I remember Taylor Hawkins just was like, well, here's my house and it's just full of drums, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and to me, that's just, that's, that's what being a musician is all about. And I just appreciated the fact that he was like, you know, the police, the Jane's addiction, you know, the, al- the alternative kind of guy, but also loved Rush and Queen and was Van a su- yeah Van- loved Van Halen and was a super fucking virtuoso musician type kind of guy. Um, that that dichotomy was really cool. I think that meant a lot to a lot of people, yeah. and I think that got him that got him really far. Because I mean, let's <laughs> let's just be honest, you know. I mean, if he, you know, when he came out and when shit was changing, if you're just going to be all Motley Crue and Van Halen, he might not have. Right. You know, so it's just, um, I mean, he was a tricky, a tricky guy. And the fact that if you don't look too closely, it's just like, oh, that's the goofy drummer. That's like fucking happy and energetic. And you don't realize that this dude is fucking 
in a band with one of the most legendary drummers ever yes, in rock music. Exactly. And became that in his own right, yeah, you know? And, yeah, exactly. It's like you, you, you were so fucking good and so you were so personified and so magical that you made one of the best rock drummers go, oh, okay, you got this. You can do this. I'll just yeah. do this. Because the, the, the way it goes, right, is the first, when he joined, the first album he was on was the third album, right? Nothing right, Left to right, Lose. right. And he didn't, he didn't play the whole thing. Dave Grohl played part of the drums on right. that. And then, because I'd read that in a thing when I was just skimming through stuff like yesterday, mm-hmm. like I found some story from a few years ago and he mentioned right. that. He's like, it wasn't until that album, he said, at first, Dave, of course, still was wanting to because it's his band, yeah, his exactly. baby, you know, and he said then after we got through the recording process, he, he kind of let up the reins and realized, okay, you can handle yeah, this, yeah, you're the you guy, got this. you're yeah, the exactly. drummer of the Foo Fighters, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's just one thing. And then, you know, the times where, you know, we saw him live, I, I know that for me, I've seen him, I've seen Foo Fighters four times. The first time was with the first drummer, William Goldsmith. But the second time was with Taylor at Kane's Ballroom. Yeah. Before they renovated Kane's Ballroom. Yeah. And I think it was between songs. Was this the one? Was the first one or the second one the one that was fucking hot as shit? That was the first one. The second one. one. Oh, so this is the one you're talking about? I think so. Okay. Because one of them was was in the dead of the summer. Yeah. Goddamn. You know, And you remember Dave Grohl, like, made that comment, and he changed the lyrics to Big Me. Big Me, yeah, yeah. About how it's so fucking hot. It's so hot in here, yeah. Yeah. But I I just remember that Taylor had to pee in between songs. Yeah. And stopped the show. And, like, jumped over the drum kit onto the stage and down into the bathroom, which back then, for Canes, was just a trough. Yeah. You know, in one nasty ass toilet that no one ever fucking used. Yeah, and it was like directly <laughs> parallel to the stage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and and he was like, so Dave Grohl had to like fucking kind of fill time up, <laughs> and so that was a funny Taylor Hawkins story, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> it, and then you know, I saw I, I saw him with her Hot Chili Peppers in Oklahoma City. Oh, that's open right. Open up. And then we, you know, we saw him at the BOK Center like 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Uh, when Lemmy came out and did something with him. That's when, right. When Motorhead was opening. Yeah, he but played uh, Shake, Shake the, the Blood. Blood. Yeah. So there, there, there's just some some great memories, some great times that I'm fortunate yeah. that, that, you know, I saw him perform. Yeah. And I, I think you saw him more recently than I did because I think you worked you worked California Jam, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then another one that they were on, but I didn't, I didn't, I worked another show they were on, but I didn't see any of it. But the Cal, Cal Jam, I saw a good chunk of their set. Right. And, uh, and then I was actually going to get to see Chevy Metal, but that got canceled. Like, really? Whenever we were going to Houston Open Air. Okay. In 2017, I guess that was. I don't know if you remember, it got the whole thing got canceled because if that was the year that like Houston flooded, that oh, massive yeah, that okay. hurricane that okay. flooded shit out. Gotcha. So they just canceled the festival. But yeah. um, I can't remember Foo Fighters were on that too. But I, that's like the it's weird. Even before this happened, that's like the one of the the band that stuck in my head besides Prophets of Rage that were at that festival that you that yeah. I was excited about right, seeing because right. I'm like I'm never going to get this chance again probably. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. surprisingly, they didn't perform it. Uh, Cal Jam. 
Yeah. Which you would have thought he would have, but yeah. Well, and, and again, too, it's like, you know, before we started this episode, I was like, we need to listen to Cold Day in the Sun. Yeah. And and I think that's a great, you know. Um, well, for those that don't know, that's the yeah the one studio track that he sang on. Yeah, and we went we went over that at the beginning. But the, oh, you said that okay. But mm-hmm. but that's just uh you know that that's going to always be I think his calling card. So yeah, and it's something else that I thought was interesting. It's like somebody you think of somebody not just either single musicians or bands that have like this. You hear these stories like oh you know. A band didn't like break till their third or fourth album, or right. it, they toiled around in clubs for ten or fifteen years before they finally got a break and got a major label and got big or something. Aside from the Foo Fighters, they obviously had built-in fan base because Dave Grohl and he wasn't even in the band at the beginning. But the what point is I'm trying to say is this guy went from just being in a couple bands to all of a sudden being the drummer for an unknown person that became the biggest fucking artist in the world yeah, no shit. when he was yeah. Alanis Morissette's drummer. Yep. So he went from like obscurity to even though he wasn't a household name because he was just in a backing band for a solo artist, he became well-known. And like, there's that, I don't know, did you ever watch the documentary? The Alanis one? Yeah. Yeah, I okay. was going to go in, yeah. And on that, you know, I think... Did he, you watch that? Yeah, I watched okay. it like the day it came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he on there mentioned... I think it was on there. Either mentioned on there, or I'd read it at some point that he was the first person she hired, and then right, he was. Then she put him in charge, of basically getting hiring the band, yeah. putting the band together. Yeah, and then you know, there's some. If you've listened and you've never seen that, it's an HBO documentary that came out last year. It's fucking great, and then it's he, really good. Yeah, he goes into talking about how I think it was him or maybe it was the guitarist that was talking about how. You know, Alanis Morissette's like this feminist icon. Right, and they, uh, And he's like, and then there's us three dudes that are just out enjoying the spoils of being rock stars <laughs> and screwing all these chicks that, you know. And then Alanis Morissette talked about how, you know, at first right. it really kind of, you know, pissed me off. But then I realized, you know, this is rock and roll. Right, just, right. That's the way. <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to because, okay. you know, that was a great documentary and we watched that. And, you know, Taylor Hawkins is all over that documentary. Yeah. So yeah, that's another thing. If, you know, if, if, if you're wanting to soak that up, it's out there and it's a great, yeah. a great documentary. And then on, on top of that, I had read an interview at some point in recent times where he said that, I guess, I don't know if they played with the Foo Fighters or Alanis Morissette might've played with the Foo Fighters whenever, you know, he was still in Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she or in or in Dave called him. That's what it was. Dave had called Taylor Hawkins and asked him about who I don't remember details, but the point is Alanis Morissette. Taylor Hawkins said Alanis Morissette told him that you're going to end up being the drummer in that band. Really? Yeah. Wow. And and he said she said that about a, in '96. She says about a year before it happened. Yeah. And then sure enough, well, and then he said then Dave called him in '97 and asked his thoughts on drummers or whatever, and he just said I'll do it. And that right. was the end of it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> On top of kind of going back, one other thing I want to say about the rock star thing is it's just like, you know, well, you shared that thing when we were talking, you know, that, that I mentioned, it's like this guy right, really right. became a rock star in an era where there's, there's very not, few, yeah. I mean, that are like recognizable to a mainstream general audience that yep. isn't like diehard about this stuff like we are, but like your Dave Grohl or Corey Taylor 
I mean, exactly. Over the past 20, 25 years, maybe David Draymond, who else can you name that yeah. is at that level? And, yeah. and here's a, and typically a drummer, unless you're from like the old school era, like the Tommy Lee, Lars Ulrich, yeah. the Steven Adler, <laughs> John yeah. Bonham, Alex Van Halen, all that. Exactly. That era, it's like nowadays, it's like if there was a band that came out in the late 90s, your average person to know who the fuck the drummer is. Right. You know? Right. Well, and, you know, and, and that's such a cool thing is, you know, when, when when you're in a band like the Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl is everything, when you can still cut through yeah, and be, you know, and it was just that energy and the, the blonde hair and the big teeth and the smile, and that, that's what everybody noticed. And the playing style is so... And the playing, he was he was so fucking good. And so animated with it. I yeah. mean, in that sense, that that stands out to people that don't even and, know anything about you know, drums. The thing of when they fucking inducted Rush, and they dressed up like Rush in the 70s and played Rush songs. That's right. That was great. Yeah. Um, and I, I, should, I can't forget to mention Studio 666. Right. I also haven't seen that. What anymore. a fun movie. He's got a great... He's got a great... They've all got, you know, their different scenes, but that, that was such a fun movie and they all did good in that for, for being band dudes that are trying to do a movie. Uh, it's so stupid. It's fun. And the album, the Dream Widow album came yeah, out the day he Which I still died. have. Yeah, I know. I know. It what came the out fuck? That, that Friday. Yeah. I still haven't listened to that. I added it to my new albums list, but I still haven't listened to it. Just so, I mean, it's just, uh, just one of those things. It's crazy, man. I kind of already said this, but I've got something else to say about it. It's like the the effect this guy had that I don't think people realize how wide-reaching it was. It's like you see anytime a musician or a celebrity, usually musician these days, if a musician dies, you see tons of other musicians, you know, right. say, oh, this sucks, you know, and then they post a picture of the, either that person or them with that person. But I can't think of anyone in recent, you know, except maybe Lemmy or Eddie Van Halen that has caused as much. Much, yeah. I mean, think of a fucking band, and they've probably posted about him. You know, and it's like, and I'm totally. talking across the board, all the yeah. contemporary fucking bands like Wasp and Striper. Of yeah, all, you know, even it's it's everybody. Yeah, because all his contemporaries like your Avenged Sevenfold, your Seven Dusts, yep. of course. But then you've got Skid Row and Warrant, fucking, and all these bands posting yep. about it. You've got Tommy, his fucking idols that yeah. he became friends with, like Tommy Lee and because you know what, Steven, Steven Tyler and shit like that. It, because that band, uh, and in a big part because of Taylor Hawkins, it doesn't matter if you're a if you're just like rock, classic rock. If you're old, young, you're a metalhead, yeah. you're punk. Everybody loves they the Foo Fighters. Everything. Yeah, and if you don't, it's like something's wrong with you, or there's something about the Foo Fighters everyone can get into. Yeah, and that that is that is not really a common thing these days. Yeah, so I mean if. You're an artist, and fucking Elton John says, I'm sending this, and fucking Elton John's playing in concert, and not, I'm not just talking about a post, he, in a concert, says, I'm sending this next song out to Taylor and his family, Right. and he played, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Yep. I'm like, if Elton John's fucking talking about you? He did something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's something, too, and I, I don't want to hear no shit about politics or presidents or anything, but I, I, I say this just to show you the scope okay, is, you know, Jill Biden, the first lady tweeted about it. Oh, really? I didn't. So that, I mean, that's, that's, that's how big this, this is. That's how big the scope 
of this is. Yeah. So, I mean, there, you know, there you go. Yeah, I was in a restaurant earlier and like the TV on the back wall had CNN or MSNBC on. Yeah. And I just saw the photo of Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins right. pop up and some, right. you know, random newscaster. Yep. National newscaster was talking about it still three days later. Yeah, totally. Which usually that's like a blip unless no, it's someone it's still, at, a, at another level. You know? Right. And, and, you know, this whole weekend uh, has just been nothing but Foo Fighters. And and I I I take comfort in that when something like this happens. Yeah. That that's that's the only that's the only people I want to listen to. Yeah. Because when Eddie Van Halen died, that's all I did for like four days straight was listen, was listen to Van Halen. Right. So that's all I've done for like four days is listen to Foo Fighters. It's like I told you, I listened to Cold Day in the Sun like five hundred fucking times. Right. And I have no fucking problem, and I'm unapologetic about it. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Yeah. As far as I can't really speak on someone's drumming style because I'm not a drummer, really no shit about it. But it's like I always thought it was cool that some of his some of the songs. I say that I should have wrote or thought a song. I can't think of a specific song off the top of my head, but there's certain Foo Fighters songs where the drums sound very punk, right? You know, like very you know loose and apart from. You know, like a lot of drums, it's in sync right. with everything. Bass, guitar, yeah, like this tight thing. But it sound real loose. And then there's other songs where it's like it's it's fucking tight, right? So it's right. like he could he can adapt his style to whatever the fuck the song needs. Well, and you know, I've always thought that like, okay, we know his influence. He, Taylor Hawkins was a gigantic Queen's fa- Queen fan. Excuse yeah. me. Big on like the Police and Jane's Addiction, and you know, and that 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 is. Just, you're getting into those genres where there's not like virtuosos like there was in metal or hair metal or anything that we love. But at the same time, but he was, he was still like, he could do all that if he needed to, he was so well-rounded, you know, he could do, he could do a motorhead song, but he could still do the police. Yeah. And you know, you don't, you don't see that with, you know, you know, Bobby rock or whatever the fuck. You know, and, and so I, I think that that and that's another thing about Taylor Hawkins is he, he was just so well-rounded. He could do anything. Yeah. And, and and that's why it just that's just one more reason why it's such a terrible loss. Did he this is something I obviously should have looked up. I've just been wondering about it for fucking weeks, <laughs> which I could have Googled this in an instant. Right. But does he play on Dream Widow or is it all Dave? See, I don't know. Okay. And that's something. Because I thought that, that could be a whole Dave thing or it could the, have been the band. I've, I've, I have, uh, I guess I should have looked up, but I just never did. But I'm just like, you know, I don't know if that's all Dave Grohl or who that is. I don't know if it's all the Foo Fighters. I have no idea. Okay. So that's, that's something that's definitely still through the cracks for me. So. Right. Well, and what about, did you ever, or did you get into his solo thing much? Um, the, I, the Coattail Riders deal. Yeah, I definitely listened to, because, you know, I, when it I'm, came out, I remember, I'm but. big on listening to Eddie Trunk. I, I love all the rock news. Uh, and you know, he was, uh, when, when Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders came out, they were on Eddie Trunk Okay, and doing the interview, talking about that record. So I definitely listened to that record. It was a great record. It was yeah. way more hard rock, you know, way more of a party vibe than Foo Fighters. But at the same time, I didn't listen to that record like a whole lot. So yeah. I can't claim to know a, a whole lot on that deal. Yeah, same here. I listened to it when it came out, but it kind of, right. I mean, it's only been, it was like 2019 or 2020. Yeah. And like, it has tons of guest stars on it. Like, well, you just mentioned Queen Roger Taylor's on right, it. Right, 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 right. And uh, 
It's got a lot. I mean, he, I know he sings some of the stuff, but he's got tons of guest vocals on yeah. like Leanne, fucking Leanne Rhymes is on it. Yeah. And yeah. She seems like a, That's like right. a kind of a stonery song, which is fucking cool as shit. You yeah. Know, that That's he could, crazy. I mean, not many people could call up Leanne Rhymes and say, you want to fucking yeah. sing on my stoner? And, 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 and there again, <laughs> I'm talking about the whole well-roundedness of it, you know? Yeah. That's, you know, no, he, no, he wasn't some fucking thrash prog fucking virtuoso, but he was a fucking amazing drummer. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about Taylor Hawkins, which is talking about the Foo Fighters. Like Mm -hmm. what are just, what are some of your favorite Foo Fighters outside? You mentioned Sonic Highways, but because I know last year (sighs) you had left the podcast by the time I did the best of 2021 right but i know you just you put out your personal list and you had medicine at midnight on your top 10 oh man i i just i love everything about that fucking record um just so upbeat and, and, now. and that was yeah it's yeah that's a great fucking it's so upbeat even waiting on a war just yeah and it just makes of, me feel good even though it's not lyrically feel right good. <laughs> yeah and it's one of those albums that's like you know, that I love, you know, eight, nine songs, 40 minutes, get in, get out, kick your ass, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, making a fire. That's, and I've yeah. told you this, that's one of the best Foo Fighter songs. That's one of the best fucking songs, period, ever written. I don't give a fuck. I mean, you, you have to be a sad bastard to like listen to that song and be like, Meh. Yeah. I mean, it's such <laughs> a fucking positive, happy, uplifting fucking thing going on in that song. Yeah. But you know, uh, you know, like you said, waiting on a war's great. Uh, the title track with that fucking cowbell or the fucking jam block or whatever it is. Yeah, I fucking love it. That's such a great record. It's such a great fucking record. And it was such a thing where, like, I was supr- I was taken aback. I'm like, oh well, shame, shame's okay. I don't know if it's Foo Fighters, so I'll 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 get behind it. And then I listened to my... Was that the first single or something? Yeah, Shame, Shame. And I'm like, holy shit, this is a great record. This is an amazing record. Because I kind of didn't like uh, Concrete and Gold. Yeah, same here. I'm like, yeah, this is okay, but it's no Sonic Highways. I didn't really get into that one either. Right, right. And that's kind of how Foo has been with me for the over the years. Like, oh yeah, this album is okay. Whoa, this album's fucking great. Well, they did another, eh, you know. Yeah. So it was so great to have just a, an amazing record, you know, last year from them. One of these days, I've been listening to that a lot all weekend. That's just a great fucking song. Absolutely. Um, it is my, yeah. probably my second favorite oh, man. song. Yeah. <laughs> and then just, um, uh, Sonic Highways is my absolute favorite Foo Fighters record. Really? Okay. Uh, so I've been listening to that a lot. Just, you know, one of those things. And it, I feel, you know, you don't feel like you know these people, but you just feel, but you feel connected yeah. when, when you just connect so hard to something like that. So, yeah, I, I feel in a way I feel proud. Um, and I feel good. When when I just crank this stuff up, when stuff like this happens. Yeah. You know, and I feel that it's warranted and it's just, and that's what you need to do. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. The record that, like, gripped me the most outside <clears throat> of, like, after the first couple was uh, uh, Wasting Light, the, which yeah. is These Days is from. Yeah. But These yeah. Days and Walk and White Limo. Yeah. Trying to remember off the top of my head what else is on there. Just that out. It's yeah. another one. I mean, a lot of their albums are that way. Like, Rope, I think, 10 is hours. a great yeah. song. I love Rope. Yeah. yeah. Such a good song. That one's good. Well, like, and mention, I just mentioned White Limo. Like, that's one of those songs you, 
you put on, if you put it on for someone that hadn't heard it before, they wouldn't ever guess that was the Foo Fighters just because right. the way he's singing and yeah. just, just, to exactly. just even the music sounds slightly. And that was such a great record. They had fucking Bob Mould on it. They had Chris Novoselic. Um, yeah, that, that was a great moment in that band's history for sure. Yeah. But yeah, Sonic Highways, Congregation is one of their fucking greatest songs. Uh, Congregation is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that, that song, uh, it just, uh, it, it's so uplifting. And that's yeah. one thing that that band is so good at is just uplifting melodies, uplifting yeah. things that will just, you know, just catchy shit. Yeah. So as yeah, great as definitely. they are, like we just mentioned, White Limo or Rope or, Breakout right. or Monkey Wrench, all these songs that are just kind of in your face. They're, to me, Foo Fighters, it's kind of what I always say about Zach Wilde. Everybody loves him and knows him because of the fucking squeals and the amazing solos right. and the fucking heavy metal. Yeah. But Zach Wilde's at his best whenever he's at a fucking piano. Yeah. I mean, well, well yeah, I wouldn't right. say that. He's I at get, his best on a that. guitar, but I meant his songs are at his best when they're like yeah. ballads, in my yeah. opinion. That's I his best that. songwriting. Mm-hmm. And I think Foo Fighters are the same way where their best work is that mid-tempo rocker yeah you know that middle yes. of the road thing the congregation that these days walk um learn to fly you know just all that stuff is like they're fucking the the old mid-tempo rocker yeah <laughs> right but yeah so i guess a big question is i've i've talked to two other people about this um, i already know where you're going yeah you know this is a question if i hadn't asked you would ask i would assume I talked to Jason Carroll and Mike Thrasher about right. this because, right. you know, they're both big fans as well. Yep. Um, do you think they'll go on? Because generally, any case, you mention it, bands pick up and move on pretty quickly. But <clears> since <throat> this is like one of Dave's closest friends and since he's such an important part of the live show, like like you said, he's been singing Queen songs or being a front man for the past, what, several years. Mm-hmm. And... He's such an important part of their live show and that energy and that attitude. It's like yeah. the only parallel that I can even think of this in my head is Avenged Sevenfold. Right, right. Because the Rev was kind of the same way. Like he didn't obviously get up and be a front man, but he right. handled a lot of vocals. He was big in the songwriting. It was a huge loss. And the guy they replaced him with wasn't even that similar, right? Style-wise, but he works. So it's possible. Mm-hmm. But do you well, think do you think they'll go on, or do you think they'll? Oh, I think. Well, I think they'll go on because let's just be honest. No band is yeah. done these days, right? You know? No band is done unless your name's Van Halen or Typo Negative, right? Or if Dave Mustaine passed away. You know, there's very yeah. few instances. No, no, no. Yeah, no band is done, and now I, I you know, I don't know when they'll get back to it. I don't know who they'll get, but I just know that, you know, no band is done. And, and, and I, I think about a couple things, you know, they're, they're scheduled to perform at the Grammys this weekend. They were. Oh, really? Okay. So it's like, so are they going to blow that out? I, I would think they'd just not do it. Right. But I also know that like Dave Grohl is a performer and, you know, they love doing all this stuff, and it's an easy and it's national an easy thing. spotlight to tribute someone. They could tribute him and yeah. do like an acoustic thing, or Dave Grohl could just come out and speak, or I don't know what the fuck. And that doesn't matter. But I also think it's like, okay, well, you know, you've got dates booked, okay, yeah, and you know, you've got a summer tour in the U.S. 
They're on the several festivals. Either yeah. on festivals. So you're gonna blow this out, or you're gonna get fucking Kenny Arnoff or Mike Portnoy, uh, some fucking high powered, super fucking talented person that can just come in and do it. They don't even need to listen to the songs. They're so goddamn good. Right. You know, give them give them your DVD. You know, like Gene Hoagland or something. Not not him, but like, you know, how he's like, oh, just give me your DVD. I'll figure it out. Right. They can get somebody like that and just get through these dates. But I think moving forward, like when they do another record or something, Dave will record the drums. Yeah, that's kind of, I thought that too. I'm like, unless he just, unless they say this is our new drummer and it's right. someone that he's friends with or respects or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, when have somebody that I respect, you know what I mean? Yeah. I assume you're right that like next time they record an album. That's just he's just studio drums is him. Yes, you know? yeah. But but they'll they'll you know. So that's my thing. So what did that? And that's where I think that's what I think is going to happen. You yeah. Know, well, I think it's very very up in the air, but I think something will move forward. Yeah. So what did Jason Carroll think? What did Michael Thrasher think? They both think it's over. Really, Jason Carroll said, "I don't think." He's like, I don't think they'll go in. I think Dave Grohl will just do the stuff like he's done, the side projects. And and even once, you know, because they just did the disco album. They just did Dream Widow. Right. You know, he could do that kind of stuff under his own name or under a different name. Okay. And then Thrasher kind of said the same thing. He's like, I don't think he can replace this guy. But then when I mentioned Vince Semple, he's like, well, maybe. But still, I just don't see. And my take on that, when I was talking to Mike, we were talking at the Slipknot show the other day. And yeah. he said... I said, I think, kind of what you said, but I kind of think they're going to blow out everything this year. Like, it's I, not going to happen. I could see that, too, totally. And then just like And then maybe it'll be like three see, years from now. Pick up the pieces, see what yeah. they can do. Like, they, or maybe yeah. even next year, it, it'll be a break. And in a couple years, you might get them back with maybe a new drummer or maybe a touring drummer or whatever. Right, right. But so, is that what you think? That's what I think is going to happen, okay. is what I'm saying. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Good. I, I, I kind of think... Because it just seems like nobody cancels anymore. Yeah. So they just plug in somebody. So it's like, you know, even the goddamn Rolling Stones, man. Well, Aerosmith so, just announced it again. Jerry Kramer's out again. Are you serious? I didn't even know that. Yeah. his. You know, remember how he did it a few years ago? Oh, yeah. His drum, it's the same. His drum techs were filling in again, but it said all these dates, this resonance thing, wow. have that coming up. He's I, not doing it. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, that's well. Fuck me. So I mean, See, if you can replace, thing, it's like they're gonna, you know, I, I, I kind of, I kind of feel like for the summer they're gonna plug somebody in, and then they might just kind of like stop and be like, okay, what are we gonna do? Yeah. But who knows? We don't know, and everyone's got a different opinion, and that's fine. Yeah. We'll just have to see, you know. But I, so, I don't, I don't. I don't know. It's weird because I fucking, I love, I fucking love Chris Shiflett. I yeah. love his solo stuff. I love his podcast. Yeah. You know, I love I love his solo playing in Foo Fighters. Yeah. I don't want to see this band stop. Oh, right. You know, and, and Dave Grohl is such a fucking song machine. You know, it it would it would suck. You I know? mean, it's, we're not in that position. We don't fucking know what oh, it's yeah, like. Totally, I mean, you, totally. We have no. I mean, we just lost a friend. You lost a band member, but it's not a band that was, con, you know, currently together. Right, right. So we don't really know what that feels like, but it's like. We kind of mentioned what we did in really Foo Fighters is, but, you know, outside of your Metallicas, I mean, okay, let me say that again. From something from the mid-90s forward, 
Yeah. Foo Fighters is probably the biggest band in the world that's not Pearl Jam, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, who is bigger of a exactly. band that debuted in the 90s? Exactly. That's still going. Yeah. I mean, yep, unless I'm just right. totally blanking on someone. Right. And, 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 and also... Because, I mean, you can't just say, okay, you can, but when you're that big, when you're a fucking... You could headline any festival in the world, yeah. play any arena in the world at all the times, and, you know, fill it up anytime. Yeah. Everybody's replaceable in that band except yeah. Dave Grohl. Yeah. You know, when we get and, right down to it. And, <laughs> and it's just one of those things like, you know, I, I've, you know, we've all, we've all had huge loss. You know, I, I, I lost both my parents within a year apart and I lost my dad in a very terrible way. Right. And it's just, so when I hear about things like this, my first thought is like, you know, their kids and their, their spouses, like, yeah. God, I know exactly what the fuck they're feeling right now. And it's just, it's anguish and it's pain and it's. And you're feeling it from 2,000 miles away or whatever. And you can't even. And again, I don't even know the guy and you feel like. When I met like his family. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, oh they, yeah, and they then, could have been there, oh, but totally. I doubt it. Oh yeah, right. Because he was in goddamn South America. How fucking terrible is that? And then you've got four band it, members and all his like, crew, yeah, are stuck in another country grieving and not right. And you which can't probably even, even is way worse than doing it at home, right? Oh yeah, it's like, he, and so there's like all the music shit and all the you know you know tribute shit, but you got to think about like this guy's family and his friends and what they're going through, and it fucking blows ass. Yeah, and you just think that your whole world's over, and it's not. But at the time, man, you, you, there's a lot to fucking work through. So it, it's hard to think that it's so hard to think that. Oh man, we just got to get another drummer and plug them in. But it's also like this is this yeah. is the times when they just plug anybody in. I mean, he's you never know. He's it's obviously just, got a drum tech that I'm sure is fucking mm-hmm. that could do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, you just you never know. know. One of those things. It's just terrible. We could go on forever. Yeah. Just one of those deals. The thing, another thing I love about the Foo Fighters is kind of what you just mentioned about Chris Shiflett. It's like that band is so. What we talked about yeah. with Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins are yeah. like you're fucking in your face, and then you've got Pat Smear, yeah. Nate, and Chris that are yeah. like just the sub dude. <clears throat> you know, it, it's so, it's so fucking you know chill dudes on stage, kind of. I mean, Pat see, gets around a little bit, but and here's the yeah. thing: is they're perfect. They're perfect. It's the perfect band for a movie like they just put out. Yeah. Because they each have their own vibe, you yeah. know? Um, Chris Shiflett's like the kind of snarky, fucking cynical guy. Yeah. You know, Pat Smear's the old guy with the Doritos everywhere. <laughs> Rami's the fucking, um, he's the fucking womanizer, you know? And it's just like, um, and, and you know, you got Dave and Taylor, and it's just one of those things where, it, it it just sucks so bad that like one of those pieces is gone now. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's just it's the worst. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it won't. I can't. I can't think of a drummer out there that could replace him to like f- you know feel. I mean, this won't happen, and it shouldn't happen because he's not on that level. But like someone like the guy from Hellstorm, you know, I I assume was probably pretty influenced by Taylor Hawkins and his style of playing. Right. Either him or Tommy Lee, probably. Oh yeah, totally. But it's. You, it would be cool if they got someone like that that kept the same energy up. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe you don't want that, you know, because right. you're not, you're not, you, you can't knows. replace the guy. So maybe just get And it's it. like, I wonder if Dave Grohl's going to be super critical of whoever. I don't know. It's you just, mean pull a Metallica yeah. on a Jason Newstead type thing? <laughs> right, 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 right. No, I don't think Dave would. 
I and, hope not. I hope not. And something else I thought of, you know, we mentioned it with the fact of like how many of his heroes, like your Roger Taylor or Aerosmith right. or Guns N' Roses, all these guys that are Metallica, all these guys that are posting, you know, tributes to him now. But just like Dave Grohl, Taylor Hawkins has always, every musician talks about who their idols were yeah. or who influenced them. But this is a guy that wears that shit yeah. wide open at all right. times. You know, you right. see him wearing the Van Halen shorts. You see him, oh, yeah, totally. you know, repping this stuff. Obviously, the Queen thing and the oh, shows, yeah. all this stuff. He's very, just like Dave Grohl has always been, very upfront about, I want to celebrate these people yes. publicly. Which and, is something I've always thought is great. Anytime oh, yeah, you see you, a musician like I, geek out yeah. the same way we would if we were hanging out with fucking Roger Taylor or Neil Peart or something. You, you, know? you have to, you know? Yeah. I mean, that that's just what it's all about, really. Yeah. Like you sent me that picture of him and Neil Peart sitting on a drummer. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, it's just so great. <laughs> so yeah. great. And like, did you see the picture I posted on Instagram of him and Chris, Chris Cornell? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was awesome. Yeah. I saw another one. There's a different picture of them two together. Really? His, the Tony uh, Cornell, his daughter. Oh, okay. Uh, posted. Really? And she just posted a message with it and said, I'm paraphrasing, but it, she said, this this guts me. Please say hello to my daddy for me or something yeah. like that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's just, yeah. Yep. Well. What what else can you say? I know. Is there any anything <clears throat> else? No, because, you know, I've thought about it all day. Like, here's what I want to say here. Here's what I want to say here. I think I got it all. Yeah. And, and, you know, thanks for letting me do this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you you mentioned it. Of course. Because if not, I probably would have just rambled for (laughs) 10 or 15 minutes about (laughs) about my stuff. But always like the the back and forth, especially on stuff like this where it's a... Something a little more important than just yes. like reviewing an album. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, to for get sure. A couple different people's views on stuff, of course. But yeah, you mentioned in passing the Sonic Highways documentary. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen that, fucking watch it. Where can you watch it? Is it not still I've on looked, HBO? No, like last year, on. before any of this, like I looked it up. Like, oh, I'd like what I'd love to watch this again. It's not anywhere. Wasn't it on HBO or was it somewhere it else? It was HBO, but you, oh. I, I don't know. I, I have HBO Max and it's not on there. Oh, wow. Never mind. I don't know. I have no idea. But there's a, it's an eight-part documentary. Yep. <clears throat> there's a, a different episode, about an hour-long episode yep. on each song on the album. It's so good. And every song has its own style. Each song is recorded in a different city and the documentary yep. gives you a mix of the history of that city, whether it's right. New Orleans or Nashville or LA or Seattle. And and then you get along with that, you get them making the song. And most of them included, you know, like congregation had Zach Brown, right? Yes. You know, and Uh, he played the solo on it. Yeah. And then like at the end of, at the end of every episode, they have a performance of the song. That's right. It's it's fucking great. And it's my favorite fucking record from them. It's so good. And another, I I, I have it on vinyl, blah, 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 blah. I'm a nerd. I didn't know it. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you got, so you got the Sonic Highways, if you can find it. You got the Alanis Morissette documentary on HBO. And then if you're out there and you're living under a rock and you're a rock music fan, you haven't seen Studio 606. The, yeah, no kidding. The documentary about the studio. Which, right. You know, of course, that's where the Studio 666. We watched know, that at your place. place. We watched that together. Yeah, first time. And I've got that on Blu-ray. Right. That's one of the few the documentaries I've the, watched like three or four times. The back and forth documentary. That's right. Yeah. That's a great one. I forgot about that. You haven't seen that? And then there's like the full, like, 
Was that the one that was about Wembley? Or no, what was that? I don't know, but the back and forth was pretty much like uh, just a pretty much biography of the food. That's right. Okay. Up until what, 2011 or whenever Wasting Light came out. That's right. And then before, like several years before that, they had the Wembley show. Right. I think, you know, release Mm -hmm. where that included like a kind of a documentary along with it. Yeah. But yeah, so there's a lot of, and then of course, besides what we just mentioned with the last show, there's. Tons of fucking pro shot Foo Fighters shows out there that you can watch. Mm-hmm. And so there's shitloads of material on this guy out there. Yeah. And there always will be, which is great. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by to do this one. Hey, thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, we, uh, I guess we can say it. We're, like we mentioned at the very beginning, we we're talking about doing another episode here in the next yeah. couple months. We're going to do a a recap on a specific year and time. Where we're talking about albums that came out that year. That exactly. A long ass time ago, so. Because we're old as shit. Yeah. That'll be coming in the next, <laughs> probably not in April, because I'll be gone, but it'll be coming probably in May. And oh, for sure. I've also got an episode recorded with Ron Kill, and an episode recorded with LeJean Witherspoon. They should hear in the next week or so. And then, yeah, those are the ones that are recorded so far. Oh, yeah. So there you go. A huge thank you to our sponsors, Med Farm. DB Concerts and Sunset Tattoo. Until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.